I'm John Sullivan, 401k specialist, and you are listening to the 401k specialist podcast. This week, we're talking behavioral economics and how investors are navigating the current COVID crisis. Thankfully, Shlomo Benarzi is here to help. Benarzi is developer of the popular Save More Tomorrow program, and he recently wrote a piece for the Wall Street Journal where he explained the CARES Act through the lens of his behavioral research. He spoke with us about the piece, the legislation, and what retirement plan participants can do to protect their savings. Uh, Dr. Bernarci, it seems like there were potential disincentives included in the CARES Act, unintentionally so, but is that true? And if so, what can be done about it? I, I think the intentions were surely good to help struggling Americans um, you know, have access to their retirement savings in case they don't have any other source of money during the pandemic. Uh, but but I think one of the challenges is that the CARES Act, the provisions are so complicated that I think it would be very difficult for the millions of Americans who are struggling to really understand the new provisions and what to do about it. It's almost like they'll need to hire a financial advisor and an accountant to figure out whether they should take a loan or whether they should withdraw the money from the plan. And by that point, it's just not very helpful for the typical struggling American. We have to find a way with with these retirement plans provisions to make it easy for participants to access their funds. If we don't make it easy, Research in behavioral economics tell us that people will most likely procrastinate, decide not to choose, give up, and maybe just pile expensive credit card debt. Let's go through some of the provisions of the CARES Act as they apply to behavioral economics and the Save More Tomorrow program. Sure, sure. So if you think about the the CARES Act at the high level, it's to help people access their money. That is a wonderful thing. Uh, If people don't have a choice, well, they should take the money from the 401k plan, not from a payday lender. But but I have a a problem with just having a um, one-way path here, which is depleting retirement accounts without thinking about when and how are we going to refill the buckets? When and how are we going to get people who are taking a loan, maybe can't even pay it back, who are withdrawing funds, who are reducing their contribution levels, possibly stop contributing to the plan? Understood, they're struggling. They might need to do it right now. But how do we fill the bucket later on? And I think when an individual comes to the plan uh, side, to the provider side, and they decide to either take a loan or withdraw some money or reduce their contributions or to stop contributing, it's a very special moment because we got their attention. This is the moment to tell them, we understand you're struggling during the pandemic. And we're going to send you this check right away to your home. If you don't get it in three days, just let us know. But why don't you already sign up to saving more, let's say, next year or maybe on your next birthday? We know that those kind of um, special 
uh, points in time actually make it easier for people to think about the fresh start. And I can tell you some, some specific formulas I have in mind. If someone says reducing their saving rate from, let's say, 6% to 3%, at that point, we could already have them sign up to save 6 again in a year. Hopefully, the economy would be better. And also, to go up to 8, 10, 12, I would say all the way to 15, kind of the number endorsed by the SECURE Act in 2019, to get them back on track. Let's not create here a system where it's only easy to deplete retirement accounts and it's not as easy to fill them back for secure retirement. So it's auto escalation simply applied to the current pandemic? Absolutely. As people reduce their saving rates, already put them on the path to save more tomorrow. Understood. So let's get specific then. Uh, maybe let's take a withdrawal uh, or a loan. How would that apply in the current situation? So I think it's an excellent question because I think a lot of people are probably debating. And if you read the popular press, you might think actually that taking a withdrawal is, is absolutely the best option. Why is that? Because the penalty uh, for early withdrawals being uh, waived during the pandemic. So you could take the money out without paying the penalty. Uh, and actually, you could put it back. You don't have to. You don't have to pay it back like a loan. You could put the money back in the plan. You have three years to do so. And if you do it, you actually don't even have to pay tax on the money you took out. No penalties and no tax whatsoever on the money you took out. So it seems like withdrawals on the surface are a win-win because you decide later on if you're going to pay it back or not. I think behaviorally, it's a lot more complicated because I don't think anyone would pay it back. Why wouldn't they pay it back? Because the system is not making it easy to pay back a withdrawal. Loans have always been set to be paid back. So there's an automatic system. It just goes from your paycheck, uh, the principal and interest, back into your account. You don't have to do anything. But when it comes to withdrawals, you're going to have to find a way to write the checks, send them to the record keeper, make sure they're deposited back. And even getting your tax back would be very tricky because as you take the money out, you have three years to pay the tax on it. If you pay it back, you have to go back, restate your tax returns to get back the taxes you paid, which would mean you probably need a good accountant, which would cost money, and so on. So the analogy I give is we've created here a provision. People can withdraw the money and pay it back, but it would be the same as having credit card debt, but you never, ever get a bill uh, you never have an auto payment option. Nobody would pay their credit cards if that was the system. For sure. Nobody would put the money back. And that brings me to the idea of rules of thumb, mental shortcuts. We have to simplify the CARES Act or it will not be actionable for anyone. If you're planning to pay back the money into your retirement account, take a loan. 
they make it easy to pay back. If you don't plan to pay it back, take a withdrawal. Don't take a loan and default on it. It's as simple as that. And the general lesson, I think, as I was looking at the CARES Act and was kind of reflecting, reflecting and stepping back, the general lesson for me was that we got to, money doesn't have to be complicated. Retirement savings uh, don't have to be complicated. And we've made a lot of progress with the Pension Protection Act, with automatic features. We made it easy to start saving, to save more, to invest in a diversified fund. But we have to continue making it easy when people are struggling, have to take money out. And most importantly, make it easy to put the money back into the system. Understood. What about when, how much they are going to take? I mean, now it's $100,000, uh, up to $100,000 uh, penalty-free. Uh, how does that apply in the current situation? So when people face very difficult decisions, especially with numbers, people are often not very good with numbers. They don't know how much they should take out. I mean, we don't know how long the pandemic would last. Uh, we don't know if our spouses will keep their jobs or not. And actually, interestingly, during the pandemic, we don't even know how much money we spend because our spending habits changed so much. We don't go out anymore. Restaurants are closed for dining in. So in that environment, when it's so difficult to predict what we will need, people would look for some mental shortcut. And one of them, unfortunately, might be take the maximum amount. It might also be, you know, take all of the account out. So I've been thinking about how can we help participants not deplete their entire accounts. While I don't know anything about them individually, I don't know those circumstances. And the rule of thumb I came up with is the, what I call the take half nudge. Whatever you thought you need, slash it in half and take half. Now, you could always come back and if you need, take the other half. But there's a little twist here, which is some plans only allow you one loan. So I think employers should, in this environment, lift the restriction. I don't want participants to take more than they need because only one loan is allowed and they're afraid they'll never be able to go back and take more. So let's make it easy for, for <laughs> let's make it easy for participants to take just half now and come back to take more only if they need the additional funds. Let's flip the uh, switch uh Dr. Bernardi, and talk a little bit about, okay, they're not taking money out, but they might stop contributing to the plan. Um, how should they adjust their savings rate? It's an excellent point. I think if people actually kind of, I call it bail out of the plan, but if they become an inactive participant, if they stop contributing, we could already, in a sense, use a concept I call future enrollment. Let's have them commit today to start saving again a year from today at the same rate they were saving before. I think we need to actually make those kind of nudges part of our record-keeping systems, part of our retirement system. 
the, the good thing about retirement savings is that people do want to save. About 70% of participants tell you they want to save more. And about 30% kind of feel they're saving about the right amount. There's maybe 1% to feel that they save too much. So people want to save more. Let's make it easy for them, even if they're struggling now, to start saving again in the future. You've mentioned this, but I think it needs to be reiterated. How do they get the savings back? Yeah, I think I think what, what we want to do is, first of all, maybe one formula could be a year from today, uh, they're automatically back to whatever saving rate they were at before the pandemic. And then it goes up at 2% a year. People can stomach 2% generally uh, a year up to, let's say, 15%. Uh, but the critical point, the critical point is to include that nudge when people come to the side to take a loan to reduce their saving weight, when we grab their attention. It's so difficult in the 21st century, in the digital age, to grab the attention of people. That They have text messages, they have emails, they have calls, they have websites, they have social media. They have... It's very difficult to grab their attention. When they come to the site, whether it is to take a loan, to withdraw money, to change their deferral rates, we got this really incredible valued asset. We have their attention. That's when we actually already offer them the opportunity to pre-commit to getting back on track in the future. One of the questions that you ask and answer in the Wall Street Journal article is, should the newly unemployed cash out? Can you address that? Absolutely. Um, there are a lot of people who really struggle. They don't have a choice. If you don't have a choice, then, you know, you cash out, hopefully not the entire amount. Um, and if your employer, the plan, uh, do not allow you partial uh, distribution, then you could always roll it over to an IRA and just take a partial distribution. But but more more broadly, for the people who actually can um, find other resources to pay their expenses who don't need the cash, they have a choice if they've been terminated between leaving the money in the plan versus rolling it over. Generally speaking, the fees that are in a plan are much, much lower than what you would get in an IRA account. That is especially true for mid-size and large plans which often have very, very inexpensive investment options. So my rule of thumb here is keep the money in the old plan. It's just the easiest thing to do, and you would normally save quite a bit on fees. But if you really want to close the chapter and kind of have nothing to do with your previous employer, for whatever reason, then roll it over. Don't cash it out. Now, the industry um, has a role here too. We've created a system where cashing out is generally one or two clicks on a website. Rolling over is a pile of paperwork, phone calls. Um, it's a complicated process. We have to make sure that rolling over is at least as easy as cashing out. I am actually concerned 
uh, and my hypothesis is that some people, probably quite a bit of people, are cashing out because rolling over is just too difficult to deal with. We, we have to change that as an industry. The last point involves retirees themselves. Uh, should they take a distribution this year? So, so both in, in the prior crisis in 2008 and 9, and right now, the required minimum distributions for those 72 years old and above uh, have been waived. As I understand it, the logic is we don't want to force people to sell at the bottom. Now, the research suggests that kind of guessing when is the bottom or market timing generally uh, is something that we're very bad at as investors. So I'm not going to give any advice based on, you know, would the market go up or down? Is it the bottom? Is it a good time to sell? But I would still encourage people, if they can, not to take the distribution. But my reason is different. It's not about market timing and when to sell. My reason for this is that the more you keep in the IRA account, the better chances you have not to run out of money, not to outlive your money. So that would be my reason, if you can, don't take the money out. Now, what if you do need the money to pay for your living expenses? And my advice would be don't take it in one uh, big annual lump sum. Maybe you take it in quarterly amounts or monthly. And the argument is you want to avoid the, the psychological regret that you took it all accidentally at the bottom of the market. So I would say spread out the distributions to avoid uh, the possibility of regret. Dr. Bernarski, that is exactly what we needed. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. Thank you.